In this episode, my guest is Cole Gray. We talk about why and how financial professionals should build a brand. Cole's superhero brand formula is the best I've ever come across, better than the complicated intellectual approaches of mega global brand agencies. Actually, Cole's thoughts don't just apply to financial services professionals. They'll inspire anyone who runs a business. Full stop. Welcome to episode 128 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. If you're a regular listener, you'll know how obsessed I am with keeping marketing simple, getting rid of complexity, getting rid of gobbledygook and jargon, making it accessible to anyone, however big their business is, and no matter how much budget they have to spend. I've seen some brand presentations over the years from recognised mega agencies which have been riddled with overly intellectual complexity and mumbo-jumbo. Earlier this year, I saw Cole Gray give the best, simplest, most accessible talk on branding I think I've ever seen. So I'm delighted Cole is my guest this week on the show. Whatever your thoughts are on brands, for your business or in general, I know Cole's ideas will resonate with you. We chat about why it's important to stand out and how your brand can make that happen. A brand is more than just a logo, obviously. And we talk about Cole's five-stage superhero brand formula. We talk about your superpower, your purpose, your personality, your costume, and your stories. Cole is a graphic and brand designer whose passion for branding is as big as his beard. He's the owner and head honcho of Pixels Inc. Design Studio in Dundee. With 18 years of commercial design experience under his signature baseball cap, he helps his clients tell their story through branding, creating deeper, meaningful connections with their customers. He also speaks at conferences, events and workshops, helping businesses and entrepreneurs to rock their brands. And watch out, he sometimes takes to the stage in a superhero onesie. So let's get straight into that interview with Cole, right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Cole Gray, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you very much, Roger. It's great to be here. Cole, tell me, where are we Skyping each other from today? I am in Bonnie Dundee, and it's very sunny Dundee today, actually. Clear blue skies, really yeah, nice. Same here in Edinburgh. It's absolutely glorious. And do you know what? Today I've had back-to-back Skype calls and Zoom calls, and I've watched my son and my wife sitting out in the garden. I've been stuck inside all day. It's just typical, it's worst, isn't, it? isn't it? Cole, you are a brand master. You are a brand maestro, and I want to talk to you today about branding. You know, and let's go. Let's let's go into the real basics of branding because, as you know, eighty um, percent of the people that listen to the marketing and finance podcast work in the financial services sector, and a lot of those are running their own financial advisor or financial professionals business. And I don't think branding is something that really comes up, and I don't think a lot of them actually think very much about 
their own brands and whether they should have one and, yeah. and all the sorts of reasons why they might not have a brand. But before we get into that, call, let the listeners of the Marketing Finance Podcast know a little bit about your background, where you came from, where you're going to and what your ambitions are and basically what makes Col Gray tick. Next year, well, I will be, I will have achieved two decades of being a commercial designer um, so actually working in studios mm-hmm. and and real businesses and not just working from my bedroom, uh, which, <laughs> which happens a lot. I did graphic design college. I did my HND for three years, wasn't ready for the big bad world and did um, another three years. But at Duncan of Jordanston College of Art in Dundee, I did animation. Okay which was brilliant fun because by the end of that, um, I'd used up all of my patience doing hand-drawn cells, 25 animation cells for every second of animation. And that really, you know, you need to have a lot of patience for that. And I started to go back into graphic design in my um, final year. Mm-hmm. Kind of websites and that were really just really coming into their own. So that was 1998. So I started to get back into graphic design, not for the web as such, but it really attracted me back and um, got a job in a small video production company. Um, and that was uh, Speakeasy Productions. And they made corporate videos for quite large companies for um, uh, down in London and things like that. They had quite a good reputation. Mm-hmm. Moved on to other studios and stuff and just basically worked my way up from junior designer up to head of studio. From there, that was sort of 2005. And you, what you do is you pick up and you learn a lot of things. I'm sure the same for yourself, Roger, from from different managers and, yes. and what they do badly and what they do well. And I kind of felt that... The customer service that I was seeing for for clients, not from all of my managers, but for some, it wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I could do better. And so in 2005, I took the plunge and set up my own design studio, Pixels Inc. Um, and it's been kind of going since then. I'm still here um, 12 years on, which is, which is great. I love the name Pixels Inc., Awesome yeah, well, to be honest, it came around because that was the year that Monsters Inc. Came. Ah. <laughs> and um, really just sort of started from the ground up and slowly built up um, a loyal base of customers. And like a lot of people, I think I I traded on on price and competed on price, but soon found that over time, as you, your brand grows and and you have a strong kind of message, that then becomes less of an issue, and you're then competing more on the value of your services. Of and we'll kind of talk about that later um, for the financial um, industry. But um, it's really only only in the past two or three years where I've got into the the next big buzz thing, which is content marketing. Mm. Um, I find I was treading water. I was, mm-hmm. I was having to do, I could only do a certain amount of work and, and I was really, I was saturated with, with, with work and working, you know, 70 hours a week and not making much money <laughs> and needed to change something. So I started to invest in myself and got a business coach. It pretty much changed, changed the way I do my business and, and kind of promote myself. Um, I started writing blogs which allowed me to get my sort of my personality out there a bit more. And then from the blogs, I started doing video. Yeah. And video has been, video has been the big thing for me. Videos let people see my ugly face. <laughs> with, uh, it's big beard and my baseball cap. These are kind of my trademarks, I suppose, visually. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, what you've been doing with your videos is absolute nailing content marketing. You're at, you're answering the questions yeah, that kind of, I treat content marketing more like karma mm-hmm. um, and if i if i give 
as much as I can and be as helpful as I can, karma tends to work and people will start to come back to you. And, and that takes time. People need to build up the trust with you. I now speak to people in the States and I'm doing work for, for clients in Australia. And mm-hmm. that's because of the video. You know, that's because of YouTube's reach. Um, I'm 15, 15 subscribers away from a thousand wow. uh, right now. And I'm hoping that that will happen in the next couple of days. And, um, and I feel honored that 985 people at the moment have taken, you know, are subscribing and wanting to listen to me. And, um, and the reason they want to listen to you is because you know what you're talking about. And yeah. you, you know, you 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 come you come over. You've got an engaging personality. You make it interesting, and interestingly enough, as you know, I've been in the marketing game for over 25 years and I've worked in big companies and I've I've um, I've had the luxury of having massive amounts of money to spend at certain points in my <laughs> yeah. career and I've listened to agencies and I've heard the presentations that they've made I've heard them talk about branding I've heard them use the industry jargon mm. I've heard them use the bullshit I've even sat in a room listening to probably one of the biggest branding agencies in the world a, a company called Interbrand you know and, and they're they're up there yeah, in the yeah. Stratosphere. I think they just did the Juventus logo, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. And, and you know, some of their stuff is really full of what I would call management speak, gobbledygook bullshit. And I compare some of the presentations that I've seen these multinational, mega global companies make to a presentation that you may call at the beginning of the year at a very small marketing event in Dundee. And I reckon <laughs> it was the best, clearest and most engaging presentation on branding I have ever seen. You know, you explained it in really simple terms. I think you you, you created the illusion to superheroes, you know, yeah, comparing comic books and superheroes. Yeah, Superman, Spider-Man, etc. You didn't use complicated language. You you explained that a brand isn't just a logo, it's a whole ethos, it's a whole way of thinking. It's, you know, you cut yourself open, it's like a sticker rock, it goes all the way through. Yeah. And I came away thinking, this guy this guy is better at branding and explaining branding than some people out there who are earning multi-million pounds. And that's why I wanted to get you onto the podcast because, you know, I think one of the things that puts people off thinking about investing into their brands is that, I'm going to have to employ a company like Interbrand and I can't afford that. Yeah. And, and and even before they even get to the stage where they think it, it might be a big investment, there's a lot of people out there who probably just don't think, they think brands are for companies like Aviva and Legal and General and Boots and, and BMW. What 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 is it about about branding that perhaps puts people off? Is it that complexity? Is it the expense? Well, there's probably the complexity, but there's also probably, as you've already said, there's all the bullshit around it. I think you hear the word brand all the time. Mm. And I think it's one of those things, one of those things where if you tell someone to do something, they do the opposite. Yeah. So if you've got someone constantly banging on at you, you need to brand, you need to get a brand, you need to get a logo, you need to do this, you need to do that. Then someone may well go, no, I'm doing fine as it is, thanks. I don't need that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. But the problem there is that you may be doing okay now, but then the landscape is changing. We need to not be left behind. So if any competitors start to look into branding, then you're going to be playing catch up. Mm-hmm. and. Right now, I mean, I've had a look, you know, before coming on the call, I thought I'll have a quick look at the the financial industry, kind of having an idea of what I was going to find anyway. Mm -hmm. 
branding. And yes, the, 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 the big multi-million companies have spent a lot on branding. Doesn't mean it's different though. They're mm. all pretty much of a muchness. Mm. They've got so many guidelines within themselves. And I don't mean financial industry guidelines, just in themselves that they're, they're frightened to upset anyone. Mm-hmm. I think as a, as a, as a smaller company or, or a, a sole trader, you've got much more scope to literally be yourself mm-hmm. and be who you want to be. I'm working uh, with a lot of accountants just now and doing rebrands and branding for new new businesses and rebranding other ones. And these accountancy businesses are branding in exciting ways. Right. Okay. And we're using, um, for one company I've just rebranded, um, their imagery is of um, people going off ramps on dirt bikes, mountaineering, kayaking. That's not imagery you would associate with an accountancy firm. But they want to get across that they're a, they're a youthful company, that, you know, accounts aren't exciting. Mm. But but that doesn't mean that they can't look like an exciting company to take on as an accountancy firm. If I have a choice of looking at two accountancy firms and one of them is one of those offices which smells of old wood and <laughs> tobacco or this other company with, you know, and when I say young, I'm not talking like they're, they're fresh out of college. I mean, they're in their forties, mm-hmm. but most account when you think of accountancy firms, it's really old guys or whatever. I would go with the younger lot because I would see them as being more up to the minute with cloud computing and all of that. And that's what they are. You know, they, they're, they're up to the minute. It's all cloud-based and it's, it's not, it's not a logo. I mean, that's, I've not even said what their logo looks like. Mm-hmm. This is imagery. This is written content, mm-hmm. wording and tone of voice. It's known as tone of voice, which is basically your personality, how your personality comes across. And so they're using, you know, phrases and, and things like that, which, which pull people in, which match up with the, with the images that they're using. Um, that's what you should be doing. And I think from from the the brief look I had at a lot of smaller financial advisor companies, the message is either incredibly dull, yeah, and like reading a like reading a terms and conditions contract, or it's very mixed. The messages are mixed. Some of them were trying to be, uh, I hate to use the word, authentic mm-hmm. um, and be themselves, but then they're mixing it in with almost copy and paste jargon. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't butt together very well. This this resonates a lot with with um, some of my own opinions, Colin. It's interesting you should say the accountancy thing there as well. I would probably look at an accountant website and you would expect to see like stock images of men in grey suits stood around yeah, filling in I spreadsheets. Think saw, I think <laughs> if you go back to my, my talk that I did, um, I think one of my slides said on it, I refuse to put in a stock image of two hands. <laughs> two um, hands shaking. I remember that. And then, of course, OK, you may wear a grey suit in the office. You know, long it's a long, long time since I've worn a grey suit in the office, but people do that. But I'd be more attracted if if the website showed showed them in the pub after work or or they were holding some sort of um, charitable event in their courtyard yeah. or I mean, something it, like that. It comes down to what you're comfortable with because mm. I would also advise that if you are comfortable in a suit and that is you, don't force yourself to be something else mm-hmm. because you will very soon tire of 
having to put that mask on and it will slip you know someone will see your website like wow these guys are really cool and they're for me then they'll meet you in person and you're not the same and that's that's an instant brick wall right there if you feel that you've been wearing gray suits because that's how people think financial advisors should be but you'd rather go around wearing a pair of jeans and a you know just a casual shirt then be you because you'll be more relaxed when you speak to your clients and you will attract the type of clients who like that approach, which means you'll have a better, you'll look forward to going into work. And I think there are all sorts of things that get in the way. I think a lot of people will think putting a brand together is going to cost a lot of money. But let, let's let's just strip brands right back to basics, just, mm-hmm. just so that we're clear. A brand isn't just a logo and a colour scheme call, is it? Let, let, let's go back to the basics. What what? How do you explain a brand to a potential client yeah you're right uh, too many people fixate on the logo mm. uh, thinking that if they if they spend money or, or not spend money and just have a nice logo job done look at that i've got a nice logo that means they're going to come to me it's not about that at all to be honest the logo is the tip of an iceberg mm. it's it's what people will it should spark an emotion if if they don't know your brand then yeah you might want it to kind of pique their interest. But like any company, you're not going to get a logo designed and then all of a sudden you're going to start bringing in clients. No. It doesn't no. work that way. It's like the Nike swoosh. The Nike swoosh has t- took them about 15, 20 years for it to become the iconic symbol that it is. Mm-hmm. Apple took them 20 years. It takes a long time. But the one thing that they have in common is consistency. Mm-hmm. They stuck with their, they, they picked out a brand message a promise that they will always deliver on a specific thing um apple is you know kind of usability mm. it's about you know making it easy to use and they stuck with that through through thick and thin they've stuck with that and and that message gets stuck in people's heads so i think you need to almost put the logo to the side when a client comes to me and they've got a new business and i have a chat with them i will often advise that they don't spend money on a logo at the beginning mm. um, because the logo really needs to have a story about it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your story? What are you trying to do? And so if you're a brand new business, you don't really have a story at that point. And you may also as well start your business going, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to provide for my customers. Yeah, You'll maybe find over 12 to 24 months, if you last that long, that you have to tweak and move mold your business more around what the customer wants mm-hmm. um, not what you think they need at the time that will change but what you'll find is that after about 18 months you'll have a much better understanding of where your business needs to be mm-hmm. and what your customer wants and what your buyer personas are and only then can you really look at your brand from a strong position uh, different if you're rebranding and you've got the experience of running a business previously, you'll have, you'll have learned a lot there. But if it's your first business, generally you're going into it a bit blind. You can do customer research and focus groups and things like that and look at your competitors and look at what they're doing. But as I mentioned earlier, you are you. So people will interact in a specific way with you and you'll interact back in a specific way. And what you might find is that you actually change and grow. So if you spent... £200, £2,000, £20,000. God forbid you spent £20,000 right at the start. Two million. (laughs) And then two years down the line, you go, that logo doesn't fit us anymore because we've changed. 
So I would rather say at the start, just get yourself, you know, find a font, um, nice bit of typography. It's got to just look like it's meant, it's designed. It's not just thrown together. Mm. So you can have a word mark. That will do you. You just, you know, that will do you because what you want to be doing is building up your brand message over 12 months, Mm -hmm. 18, 24 months. What's your message? What's your promise to your customers? That's what your brand is. It's the promise that you will always deliver. You'll never let them down because as soon as you let them down, the trust is gone. Yeah. To really work on that. And this and- this fits in very closely with some of the marketing strategy work that I do with people. You know, I'm always saying to people, identify who your customers are and and be really precise, you know, don't just say everybody in Edinburgh or oh, everybody yeah, in the it's UK. The worst. Yeah. You're, Fo- you're not hiding to nothing doing that. Focus on who they are and then you know, you're going to solve a problem that your customer has. And, and if you're a financial advisor, the problems that you'll be solving aren't just necessarily that people don't save enough money or they don't have enough insurance. You know, there might be something subtle that you can approach. And once you know what your offer is and you, and the, the, the problem that your offer's solving, you can then start to make the promise that you've described there. And you then start to build your personality, as you've said earlier, around that. And that's when the messages start to develop. And then if you're consistent around that, okay, you might have to flex it and you might have to pivot. But that to me is the way to build the brand where you, you know, you break the stick of rock open and it runs all the way through because you are starting to build that promise and that constant set of customers. And What you'll find as well is that you will, you'll have your own personal way of doing something or a unique way of doing something that every other financial advisor advisor does and what you need to do what you can do is you could almost package that up Mm -hmm. it's the same as what everybody else does but you give your way of doing it a name yes um so that you're saying you know i'm steve smith my business is x um and we are you know finance advisors and we and have this really cool name for what you do it's Mm -hmm. the same as what everyone else does but by having a cool almost a sub-brand name for a name for its own thing it differentiates you it gives you that value prop that you're looking for that sticks you out from everyone else but it is the same as what everyone else does but to your customer they don't know that and that's the thing you've got to take yourself out of your circle and it's very easy to be in your industry and stay within sort of the um like a sounding box and Mm. say well everybody's saying i shouldn't do that and i shouldn't do that just take a step to the side and start speaking to customers Yes, and, and real people. You need to speak to what the real people want and it'd be the same for financial advisors. You as a financial advisor may think that people are looking for someone in a gray suit, but what if to me, for example, someone in a gray suit looks like they're more expensive than someone in a, in a pair of jeans and a casual shirt? Mm. And you immediately think, I can't afford the man in the grey suit. Yeah, so I'm going to go and speak to the guy in the jeans and the T-shirt because he looks more down to earth. And I'm I'm not judging, I'm not saying he's going to be cheaper because I'm not judging on price, but he looks more approachable. Mm -hmm. I'll speak to him and I'll find out a bit more. And then the chances are he may be more expensive than the guy in the grey suit, Mm -hmm. but he's the one that's attracted me. I'm going to go over to him. He'll give me his, his sales pitch or whatever chances are I'll probably stick with them and not go with the guy in the gray suit because that person has probably done a little bit of research going, you know what, there's nobody really catering for the small businessman who's just looking for a a bit of a casual chat. Mm. So I'm going to go in smart cash, look like I'm an easy guy to speak to. And you need to kind of, that's the kind of thing you need to think about your brand. Mm. That's not a logo thing. 
It's not. And, and again, you know, the image that you created before of the accountant, again, another industry which sometimes has a, has a poor reputation. Um, you know, the typical image I have in my head of an accountant's office is the same as yours. You know, you go in, it's very functional. They've probably got a meeting yeah. room over there with a, a, a mahogany desk in it or something like that. What Wouldn't it be great if the accountant's office looked more like a Starbucks? And, yeah. you know, and you had a booth over in the corner with, um, you know, the, the typical Starbucks booth and you could go and sit over there. That would appeal to some people. And, that yeah, and that's a, that's the key thing as well, yeah. is it will appeal to some people. To some people. But yeah. you're never, even if you are the grey wooden type, you're not going to attract everyone anyway. Mm. So why not, why not make yourself stand out and be different and attract build build you know build yourself your own unique niche type of customer who loves that sort of thing um i mean the millennial thing is is you know i think very under under researched mm. and again though of course the 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 concept of the millennial there are, there are billions of them and yeah. and again you've got to be specific it's millennials who live in basingstoke um within this postcode who might be wanting financial services and they want to buy from somebody who looks like they're in a rock band you know yeah. it's that sort of thing isn't yeah. it it's it's yeah. uh, it's got to be yeah. still pinpoint precise the accountants that i was talking about earlier they've they were one of those names where it was all the partners it was four of them but they're now called maverick yeah and that's you know maverick for the name of an accountant you know do people do, people, do i want a maverick accountant definitely um, show me show me the website know, it's, and, and that's, <laughs> it's a long process you know it's not it's not a quick process this is one of the subjects that comes up on the podcast time and time again call is that all business is a long game Yes, sometimes you have major breakthroughs and all of a sudden something can go viral or something can take off. But on the whole, it's all about sticking at it, being consistent, working really hard, and eventually the long game will produce results. And and I think that that's very important, whether it's putting a brand together or, you know, launching this podcast. I've said before on this podcast, it was episode 96 before I got a majorly big piece of business out of it. Yeah, and, well, I, and, I, and I think you've got to be in for, it, in for that long game. Coming up with a brand is a long process and there are a lot of factors to take in. You know, you can't kind of go around um, just coming up with a name, right? That's the name I'm going to go with. You do need to check things like domain names, check mm. if there are other businesses um, operating and how long they've been operating. Are they in the same field as you? Um, they may not have trademarked their name, but they do have legal, there's legal things where because they've been operating for so long, if you start operating in the same space under a very similar name, they would have preferential treatment in the mm-hmm. courts. Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe we maybe we can take it back to something you said earlier, Cole. You said there were five steps to go through. And maybe we can finish the chat by just quickly going through those five steps. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they're the same five steps that you spoke about at the um, event at the beginning of the year. Um, the first one was finding your superpower yeah. or your reason why. Is that, yeah. the, is that the first one? Yeah, it's um, you've got to have your kind of differentiation what what makes you and that's why i use superheroes mm. is because there are thousands of superheroes out there but i'm not saying everyone could do it me and you could probably recognize most of them because <laughs> uh, we're both comic book geeks but to to a lot of people they'll be able to recognize spider-man and superman and stuff they're all superheroes but they all have their own specific power yeah you guys are all financial advisors but what's your superpower what's your why why are you different what makes you different to 
to everyone else. You know, what? how will people identify you in a room full of other superhero financial advisors? Mm. Um, it's probably not a way that people think of themselves, but it's the easiest way to get through the branding process. Mm-hmm. The talk I did in January, um, and I think Roger failed to mention, I did do it in the Superman onesie. I know, did. I, I was going to say that. Yeah, of course. That was that was awesome. You oh, bounded onto on the stage, stage. <laughs> you know. So maybe in a single could, bound as well. There are superpowers that everyone has. You need to have your different one. You know, can you climb walls? Can you? You know, you've got X-ray vision. What's that thing that that can make you stand out from from everyone else? Um, you're the best person at explaining pensions legislation, or you're the best person at explaining yeah, just, investments. You know, you can, yeah, easily. you can. Your your superpower is dropping dropping the jargon mm. and you've got your purpose and you know so part the a lot of superheroes their purpose is to defeat evil mm-hmm. but how are you going to do that have you got a wider global way global purpose that you want to improve just the financial industry as a whole through a certain way of doing things again it could be just dropping the way you are roger the way you you know you're doing it through defeating jargon mm. um, you want to defeat jargon in in financial industry sector, and it's and it's working for you because yeah. it's setting you out from everyone else, and it, it's putting a spotlight on you in what you're doing. Mm. If you didn't do that, you'd just be like everyone else. Yeah, you've then got your personality. Superman's personality is very kind of dry, bit boring. He's not a joker. Yeah. Whereas you've then got Spider Man, and his personality is wisecracking and joking. And, <laughs> and, a bit irreverent with with things and i think you could be irreverent in the financial i think you could take the piss out of the financial industry yeah. but still come across as someone that people would want to work with uh-huh. financial advice uh-huh. i think you can do that i think you'd have to be it would have to be an, an innate ability and a natural ability um to do that because i think if you tried to do it jokingly but it didn't come across as genuine you would just come across like a bit of an ass um, <laughs> some people like grittiness some mm. people like oh i just want you to tell me it's straight like superman and some people want to have a bit of fun yeah so go with spider-man and i think if you think about your personality that way it's it's a lot less of a chore and a bit more fun so um, so step one was find your superpower step two was what's your what's your purpose and step then three is your personality. personality what what's step four Step four is make your costume, and that's basically your logo and mm-hmm. your, your branding. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you can see, I've not made that number one. Number one isn't make your costume. No. That number one is find your superpower because the costume will come dependent on what your powers and stuff are. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Superman wears a cape because he can fly and it looks really cool. Batman's costume is dark because he's got his, you know, his personality is dark, his purpose is dark. His superpowers are gadgets and hiding in the night. Yeah. You know, so your your costume comes from of, of of who you are, what your superpower is. I mean, mine, if I go through mine, I suppose my superpower is a bit like yourself. My my superpower, I think, is breaking down and making graphic design terms and and understanding what graphic design is and brand design easy. Yeah. So I've got a dual purpose in that I want to educate and bring in new blood and 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 people that are keen for graphic design but i also want um business people to have a knowledge of design so that they can interact with designers more easily right and not feel not feel like they're uh, being tricked mm-hmm. so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get as much information out there so that people can find out 
in their own time and then come feeling confident yeah um when they go to meet their designer uh, my personality uh, i like comic books i like rock music um very similar to yourself roger um and it took a while for me to be confident enough to make that my personality and not be the the man in the gray suit mm. the professional mm. I have to be. I have to be business-like because people are paying me money. I and, I, and it was just, and it, it was scary for me to go from being like the business-like person to just being me all mm. the time, because I thought I would lose clients. Mm. Um, so my personality is very much just. I'm quite jokey. Um, I like to have a laugh, and I'm finding now that that's the type of clients that I'm working with. Yeah, and definitely. Great fun. My costume. My costume is my baseball cap and my beard. <laughs> uh, that's my that's my identifiable thing. Um, and then and step five is create stories. Yeah. Um, and you can only do that by working with clients and mm. stuff. But you'll also have your own story. Start with your own story. Why have you got into what you're doing? You know, what's the real essence of you? Why are you in it? And that will kind of merge in with your brand. And that's what people, that's where the emotional side will come in. For me, my story is that I got kind of fed up working in studios where I could see clients not being treated the way I felt they should be treated. And that's not the way I want to do things. Um, And so my story is definitely one of experience of helping people and seeing the difference that it could make. And I think that comes across in what I try to do with my videos so it's, the stories will come from your testimonials and, and those are great. Those are really powerful. And of course, the stories will come over time. I'm going to try and summarize what you've said here, Cole. And, and, and you've said quite a bit of really good stuff. But I'm thinking about now, if you are a financial advisor or a small financial professional firm, and maybe all you've got at the moment is a, is a website, there's no logo, there's no real branding going on. What you could do is go through Cole's five stages. So what's your superpower is stage one? And and your superpower could be that you're just really good at explaining the complexity of pensions or the complexity of investments. And what your purpose might be is that you want everybody in your area or your locale or where you do business to save at least £5,000. And that's your purpose. And your personality is, I'm not going to be a grey suit. I'm going to associate myself with a with a specific group of people. Okay, I'll use your rock band example there. And once I've got that, my 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 costume, my my maybe my logo, my colour scheme, and my tone of voice can then flood out onto the website and printed material if there is any in my social media presence and once i start to use those 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 values that i've created i can then start to develop stories in, indeed i may have i may have had a story that i left a big corporate because i was fed up with how they didn't explain pensions very very clearly to people and that was the reason i left to start my business so i, I think i think I, I i get that and i like those five stages that you've gone through there and and ultimately that is a brand and that's why I loved your presentation earlier in the year so much because those five stages to me take somebody through what it means to develop a brand without having to use all the gobbledygook that big corporate brand agencies tend to use when talking to people it's yeah it's amazing people will associate certain things with you yes from what you've done so that you don't have to have on your business card i turn green when you make me angry (laughs) you don't have to have 
specifics, people will just remember mm. because they've heard the stories. Mm. Um, so you need to have stories. You need to tell your stories in an engaging way through through copy on your website or through writing blogs or videos or when you're networking. Try to engage with people through stories because they'll remember it better and it'll work, it'll work better for your brand. But if you just go in going, well, the benefits of this financial plan versus this financial plan are this, 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 and this. I won't, I won't remember it. Yeah. I just won't remember it. But if you say, well, I had, you know, John came in and, and he was having this problem. He was, he was needing to save up money for this or invest money in this thing. And we had a chat about what he was doing and, and he wanted to get a boat. And, and so we we're having a laugh about his boat. And, and we, we looked at the different plans he could have. And it turned out that this one would be the best thing for his boat. Because you're using a real life thing and you're talking about boats and stuff, people will remember, I remember that conversation with that financial advisor. He was talking about boat. And it'll make you stick in their head because, yeah. and that's what locks the memory in. Yes. Is the emotion, not the facts and figures. 10 minutes from now, I'd forget a figure that you told me, you know, X number of people can save X number of pounds. But if you tell me about this old lady that only had 500 pounds and she invested it and it made a million, I'll remember those figures Mm. because I'm thinking about the old lady and what Mm. she did. Um, So try to be more real with your brand um, as well. I've kind of dragged that last point out a little bit there. Um, Roger, but I think it's really important. I think people need to see brands as an emotional trigger, an emotional memory, and not a visual one. And that's where it's not about the logo. I think these points are just so well worth dragging out because they are so important. And we've learned so much from you tonight, Cole. It's been really fascinating talking to you. As I said at the beginning of the year, that that presentation wowed me and, and I've really enjoyed picking it apart this evening. But probably a lot of your listeners will probably be like, oh God, Roger's about to do a podcast on branding, bothered, because they've been switched off yeah. by too many brand experts, brand ninjas um, out there just talking bollocks. Mm. Mm. You know, just to make it sound clever. You need, I, you need a brand to do this. And that. Yeah, you do need a brand, but you can do it in a way that suits you. And you know, not spend a million quid on it. This 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 all fits in with with what I believe that a lot of marketing these days has become too intellectual. And and, and what people like you are doing and what people like me are doing are trying to make it simple again because everybody deserves to develop their own brand. Everybody deserves to be able to put a marketing strategy together that isn't bullshit, as you say, that isn't bollocks. And I think that by keeping it simple from a branding point of view, following the five steps that you've outlined there. It can be done. It can be done really well. It can be yeah. done. I think you, the the more I think the the whole reason for a lot of the bullshit between the higher the bigger agencies is that they are they're trying to hide. They're they're charging a lot and trying to make make it so that the client doesn't understand what they're <laughs> for. But they know that it's they know they go oh they're charging a million quid they must be good. I can't understand a word that they're saying about what it is they're doing. So they must be good. Yes. If I'm saying, I'm not saying branding's easy because it's not. That's the thing. Branding isn't easy. Branding's hard and it takes a lot of work and effort. So if you do go with a professional designer, then you can't expect to pay a couple of thousand pounds mm. to get your brand sorted, you know, to get your guidelines and all the rest of it. Um, but you can also pay a couple of hundred quid and just get some consultation from a, a, a brand designer and they will give you the guidance you need to go away and create something which will suit your purpose whilst you grow your business. But you will get to a point where you then feel 
okay, that's I now need to move up a step. And but you'll be ready by that point. You've done a lot. You'll have done a lot of learning about branding, and you'll understand that it isn't all just nonsensical bullshit by very wearing <laughs> designers. You know, um, I was waiting to say hipster-looking designers, but that's me. <laughs> And that, I suppose that really wraps things up quite nicely, Cole, because I'm hoping that people who've listened to the podcast today who are genuinely thinking about taking their brand forward are actually going to want to get in touch with you and have a chat with you. So what's the best way that people should get in touch with you? Uh, well, you can go to my website, which which is, um, <laughs> uh, and you can get all of, all my links there. There's a, you know, go to my contact page. My blog's on there as well, so you can learn a, a bit more about branding. But that's pixelsinc.com. Um P-I-X-E-L-S-I-N-K. And if you want to get me on Twitter, um, I'm at Pixels Call. Um, and I'm also on the very, very entertaining LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> so I think if you I think if you look for Pixels Inc. or Pixels Call, you'll find me. You can't miss me. You can't miss me. You'll see my picture. Um, baseball cap, big beard, heavy metal, and <laughs> um, you'll get a lot of um good advice and good information from me through my blog and my YouTube channel without even having to speak to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But uh, if you do have any specific questions, then arrange and put a date in the diary and have a chat with you. Fantastic. Cole, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you for sparing so much of your valuable time coming onto the podcast. Thank you again. And I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks time at the Content Marketing Academy conference. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.